Hello and welcome to the FTL Digital Podcast, episode four. We have a very special guest today. His name is Conrad. He's a senior consultant at uh, our good partners, who is one of the leading management consultancy firm in the world, Carney. And he's going to join me today to talk about digital transformations, what it is, what we actually means by that, why we think it should be part of any winning strategy for an FTR company, how a digital transformation project typically looks like, and finally, what would be his top three advice for the senior management of FTR companies to help them successfully plan and execute a digital transformation strategy. Okay, so let's get into it. Hi, hello, Conrad. How are you? Hi, Jack. I'm fine. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you. Welcome to your show. It's uh, it's great to have you here. I'm really happy about this. Likewise. Great to be here. Okay, so before we start, can you give us an introduction about yourself to give an audience uh, an idea of who you are and what's your areas of expertise? Yeah, sure. Can do that. So I'm a manager with Carney from our Berlin office. And uh, maybe I say a couple of words about Carney. We are a global strategy consultant with a particular focus on, on operations and analytics. However, we, we also cover topics across all important industries and across all functional aspects of the industries. However, my background is in mathematics. I also have a PhD in mathematics optimization operations research and that's why i personally really focus on topics uh, on the one hand in the transport industry and on the other hand on topics around mathematical optimization also in other industries so i've been with the company already for eight and a half years right now have worked on multiple projects in different transport modes but have lately uh, developed one uh, key focus area in the in the ftl industry where also so we happened to, to work together with, with you guys from, from Nexogen. And yeah, great to be in this podcast and looking forward to our discussion. Excellent. So, you know, I talk a lot about digital transformation, especially on this podcast. And I think some of the times I get carried away and not realizing it's not the same for everyone, right? The terms get thrown around a lot. So maybe we should start with clarifying in our context, what do we mean by digital transformation and what you mean by digital transformation? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, as you say, I, I agree, uh, digital transformation can really mean a lot. Everything from developing a new business model to completely turning around a company. So uh, I will focus in, in this podcast really on, on our context, where it is about introducing certain pieces of software that are based on AI or advanced algorithms and seamlessly integrating this kind of software into a business. So the way I, I look at this is really that such a transformation is a, is a journey to bring a company to, to the next level with respect to the tools and digital tools that are being used. Looking at, at the expression transformation, I think it's it's really crucial because these tools, these solutions are different than the IT tools that uh, that have been used and implemented in in earlier generations. It is it is really it is really about right now to implement software, um, teach to a software how to take important decisions of your business or how to support some of the most critical decisions 
needs in your business. And of course, uh, this this requires different focus and different approaches than uh, than in traditional in case of traditional IT tools. Yes, yeah, so I think digital transformation. What it means for us is really just leveraging technology to move a company to a next level. You know, to the next level of efficiency, to the next level of uh, performance and productivity. So I think based on what we have seen in the last couple of years, based on what kind of operational efficiencies our client has been able to achieve, I think absolutely the way forward for world transport is digital transformation. It has to be a mandatory component for any FTL company moving forward. Do you agree with this? And why do you think that is? Yeah, I I completely agree. And maybe if I if I take a step back, looking at the FTL industry, I think it's fair to say that until a few years ago, the FTL industry hadn't really changed substantially for a couple of, of decades. The way business was done is was still quite similar to the way it had been done quite a few years ago. And in particular, none of the of the players of the carriers really mastered to to scale significantly due to the very high complexity and therefore we observe a market that's really really fragmented and where e- even the largest players only represent one uh, percentage or something like that of the overall market but what we observe now is really that the market is changing rapidly. In particular, I think one of the key drivers is the very fast growth of the digital marketplaces, such as Uber Freight or Convoy. So if we look at the US, there are already more than 200 of players in this field, for instance, and significant freight volumes are being traded on these platforms. Significant amount of investment is flowing into, into these platforms. So this is really something, something new that's happening. So what does this now mean for the FTL logistics players and in particular for the guys who, have, who own big fleets? So from the perspective of such a, of such a platform, these asset owners are only one piece of the puzzle. And by the way, I I would say a replaceable piece of the puzzle from the perspective of the platforms. And therefore, um, this means if things continue in this way, the asset owning companies will have to share their margins. And we can all imagine that they will probably not be in the stronger position and probably it won't be a 50-50 sharing of margins, but it will always go in favor of the platforms. So it's it's quite a strategic risk how the market is is developing. It's quite a risk of only being part of the optimization puzzle of an Uber freight or of an Amazon and not really being able to yeah to stay to stay profitable and stay relevant. So from my perspective uh, this really means that there is a need for action for the uh, FTL players and in particular to develop scaling um, capabilities to really stay relevant, to be in a position to negotiate at eye level with these guys like the Amazons and not get into a take it or leave it dynamic. And this is where AI comes into the picture, of course. If you want to scale in such a complex business, uh, there are multiple layers where uh, AI can help you to do this. uh, it's starting on the on the pricing end, of course, to to ensure you're selling the right loads at the right price. But then it's continuing to the planning, to the truck to cargo assignments, where 
for example, Nexogen's AI planner is, is helping to do this for, for large fleets. And it's going uh, up until the, the forwarding, where it's about yourself, even as a company who, who owns uh, a large fleet, to develop forwarding capabilities and basically work with an increased a virtual fleet of many more trucks that, uh, that help you to, to scale. So and in all of these aspects, really these, these tools, these softwares, these approaches can help you to, yeah, to master this challenge. Okay, I, I understand, but there's also another challenge, the challenge of transformation, right? The digital transformation itself can be a challenge. In our experiences, it can be very difficult and risky for these companies to try to govern and manage these kind of projects by themselves and implement all these changes uh, using internal resources, mostly due to the lack of experience and expertise in this field. Even when Nexogen, as a technology company, can provide them with the software solutions. So from a project perspective, can you elaborate and share a little bit of details on how a project like this usually looks like, uh, especially with the involvement of Kearney and how you can help the client uh, to not just have a successful transformation, but is to kind of ensure the, that the technology and the changes will result in the kind of impact that the client is looking for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Can do that. So, Typically, we think about these projects in three phases. So the first phase we typically call like the scoping or the analysis phase. And in this phase, it's not about coding anything. It's not about working with the software yet, but it's all about ensuring we're really solving the right problem with the right means and that we're in the end developing a solution that's fit for purpose for this specific situation and this specific client. So it's a it's a very, very uh, important phase. And sometimes it's a bit of a challenge because people, which is great, they want to get right into it. They want to see the software, feel it, etc. But at first, really, there this time is needed to make sure that we're that we're doing the, the right thing. And we have discussed before that actually these these tools, these softwares, they are different than than earlier generations of IT tools. And this, of course, means that many more things are changing than just the IT landscape, but also the the way is changing how the employees of a company and these pieces of software, how they interact. It's not anymore that me as a planner I kind of do all the thinking and then I just use the the tool to to kind of kind of formalize it but suddenly the decision making is kind of a joint endeavor something where potentially I get a recommendation from a tool but I know something is something is special about the current situation because I just received a call or whatever and therefore I I adjust a little bit the settings of the software I get an adjusted uh, recommendation this time I like it and accept it so the whole way I'm the the humans and the software interacts is changing and of course this requires that that people need to understand that their that their roles are changing and so this whole um this whole topic has a has a big people component which needs to be addressed in this first phase that that really people understand 
what's going to happen and what it means for them. There are also, of course, other areas that need to be analyzed. We, we need to make sure that all the processes in, in the company are set up in, in a way consistent with, with the software that's going to be implemented. We need to make sure that the organizational structure is consistent, that really the kind of uh, decision governance that is required for, for such a software is in place. We need to make sure that we have transparency on the benefits such a tool will deliver to make sure that we will be looking at the right KPIs in the future to, to make sure that, that really the right things happen. There's a lot of things uh, that need to be set up in, in, the first, in the first phase of such a pro project. And of course, all the little nitty gritty special processes of this very company that is uh, having specific border crossings, transporting specific goods, having clients with very specific requirements, that all of these uh, can be covered. So this is the first phase. Moving on, once this is finalized and everybody agrees, like, okay, this is the direction where we want to move, then of course uh, it's, it's about execution. And in the second phase of the project, we typically uh, build an MVP, like a minimum viable product of, this, of the software or of the solution. So what do I mean by this? I mean, it's, a, it's an early version of the solution, however, it already creates value in the in the real-time operations. It might not yet include all the features. Some of them might have been deprioritized. It might not be fully automated, but might still require a bit of semi-manual adjustments, etc. But the important thing is it works already. Somebody can take actual business decisions based on this early version of the software. We really believe this is critical to have this second phase as short as possible and to, to get early impact and to get early buy-in in the organization for, for the solution. And, and once this is there, once everybody really now can, can see and feel that it's really working, that it's really transforming the way we work and also the uh, hopefully the, the operational impact can be observed, then the third phase of the project is about the actual rollout and implementation of a fully-fledged solution in a professional software quality with all the processes around this to, to make sure that everything we do is, is sustainable and everybody can, can work with the software in a, in a very seamless way. So maybe I do one more comment on the delivery setup we usually choose in these projects. So typically, we as, as consultants from, from Carney, we don't code in these projects. Sometimes in the, in the MVP phase, we, we do some, some very small prototyping in-house, but typically we really collaborate with implementation partners who have their core competency in, in developing professional software. And we have a wide ecosystem of players we, we work with. So these can be players like, like yourself, like Nexogen, who provide uh, standard solutions that fit very well to the problem at hand, who have done it multiple times already, and therefore have already in integrated so many iterations in, in your product that it just yeah, would, wouldn't make any sense to, to develop something from scratch. But, uh, but of course, we want to benefit from all of this experience. So it, it can be players like yourself, but sometimes 
we also face a situation where we notice that the problem at hand is very, very specific and uh, has not been solved before uh, in, in this specific way. And in these cases, we, we also collaborate with other players who are more specialized on, on rapid prototyping and who are able to basically develop a piece of, of software or an MVP based on a very initial concept based on mathematical equations, etc., really within a, a couple of weeks, such that we can develop such an MVP also in a, in a couple of months. So we're really figuring out who's the best fit for this specific, for this specific situation. Okay, um, that, that makes a lot of sense. Seems like you guys really focus on the journey part and make sure that every step of the journey delivers tangible business values for the end client. So if I would be a CEO of, the, of an FTL uh, road transport company, what are the advices that you can give me to um, help me to have a better chance of successfully executing digital transformations in general? So I would, I would say uh, maybe we keep it to three messages and I'll try to state the messages in a simple way and then elaborate a little bit. So I would say first message is start thinking about this topic now. Second message is treat it as a journey and move step by step. And third message is uh, treat it as a business transformation and put it on the CXO agenda. So let me elaborate. I think on the thinking about this topic right now, typically everybody agrees it is important. These digital transformations are, are important for the future. These kind of tools uh, will be very, very relevant. So nobody argues on the importance. But sometimes people discuss about the urgency. They are saying, yeah, we might still observe the market a little bit longer. It's not that urgent yet we might still uh, first need to finish this or that project and then kind of it it never gets on the on the top of the priority list and gets kind of uh, shifted and shifted and i personally believe the market is shifting uh, too fast for this if we look at the us what's what's happening there already today like we discussed before with these hundreds of players with all the money flowing into this direction so um, this is something that's reality already today. And typically what we observe in the US today is the reality here in Europe a couple of years from now. So it's really, um, it's, it's really something that's, that's urgent. And these transformations, they don't happen overnight. So of course, uh, if you want to implement one or even a couple of these solutions, like we said, uh, it it takes a bit of bit of work. It also takes a, a few iterations and until it's uh, really working precisely like you want it to work. So it's really right now is the time to to think about this. That's the first one. the The second one, like the treat it as a journey, move step by step. I think it's important. Of course, you you need an overall transformation strategy. You need to. You need to have a scope, which components you want to have in place, in which order. No doubt about this. But I believe as important, we have the fact that, uh, that you really need the, the continued buy-in of your organization, that you need to show them fast results, that it's actually working, that it's actually not threatening anybody or taking away the job of, of 
anybody, but changing the job and hopefully making the job much more exciting. And so, uh, so this kind of view that we move step by step and that we get learnings from the first step that we can then include and build, build on in the, in the second step and the further steps of the journey. I think this, this kind of perspective on it is an, is an important one. And yeah, finally, the, the third topic around uh, treating it as a business transformation, putting it on the CXO agenda. What I mean here is don't treat it as an introduction of yet another IT tool and which can be delegated to, to the IT department. Of course, the IT department plays a crucial role in this whole transformation journey. No doubt about this. But since we discussed how many further areas around process, around organization, around benefit measurement, about culture and the way employees understand themselves, it is so much wider than IT that it's just not the right department to drive them. But you really need to, to give these topics to, to somebody who's either a COO or a CDO, and certainly also there needs to be CEO um, involvement in these kind of transformations. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, especially on the, the urgency part. I think the time is now. I think that, you know, the way the market shifts so fast, you know, and, and, the, and certain conditions are changing, you know, by the day, especially and not just the virus, right? And this means that as time goes on, things will only get more ambiguous and challenging for FTR World Transport. And having the right culture and technology can really means the difference between market leading and market trailing, right? Absolutely. And any company that wants to stay relevant uh, in the future needs to act now and needs to think about digital transformation and how to leverage technology to their advantage. Okay, so I think we have reached the end of um, our discussion for today. So before I let you go, Konrad, uh, can't you share where can we find you if some of the audiences want to continue this discussion with you in the future? Ah, yeah, sure. So on, on LinkedIn, you can, you can, of course, find me. Konrad uh, Steiner is the name. I, I guess uh, <laughs> you will see it in the, in the podcast description. And uh, that's that's the best way to reach me. Excellent. Sure. I will put your LinkedIn profile um, URL in the descriptions. Well, thanks a lot for your time today. I think it has been a great episode. Uh, hopefully, we can get you back sometimes in the future soon. Until then, have a great day. Nice to have you. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. Was was a great chat. Thanks. Okay, so that concludes episode four of the FTR Digital Podcast. As always, until next time, this is Zhang signing off.